We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. pod mavericks after dark this is kirk henderson and josh bow joining you on i guess it's wednesday night november 15th a little before nine o'clock the dallas mavericks just defeated the washington wizards 130 to 117 josh how you doing i'm doing good but before we start um i think you need to apologize um, (laughs) for what you said last night um i expect a written statement before the show's over if you don't already have one prepared We'll circle back to that in the second <laughs> half of the show. Uh, you know, this is this was a really nice. So, so first of all, how bizarre is the six o'clock start time? Like, <laughs> I just like on weekdays rather. Like we have them on weekends, but a six o'clock start time. I was so I honestly forgot, and I schedule stuff. I am like the the site scheduler. I was outside. My I bought my son that that. Uh, if anybody follows me on social media, I got him a subscription to this service called Dribble Up. And it's like a, it uses the iPad camera to help like track dribbling. It's really cool. Anyways, we were like doing a session and then I was like, oh no, the Mavs game started. And <laughs> yeah, so this is their third game and their short four game road trip. And it's their, you know, looking at the schedule here, they played, this is their third game in four, four nights. And, you know, they, they came out after getting really royally embarrassed last night against New Orleans in New Orleans only to have to travel overnight to play Washington. And, you know, the, the Wizards are really bad, but they're still an NBA team. And they <laughs> it, was, it was never really a game. Never really a game. No, they jumped on them early. Um, it was pretty clear. This isn't surprising. Like, Luka is pretty consistent in bouncing back from bad games in a big way. So it's not surprising that the first quarter, he really kind of put the pedal to the metal. I mean, he almost nice. matched his stats. Nice. <laughs> he matched his first. He had 13-2-1. and one. Uh, in the first quarter and last night he had 16 two and two so he 
He was like, yeah, I'm really good at basketball, was was the thing. He did the Luka Doncic thing. Kyrie Irving didn't play. Um, the Mavericks said, uh, Jason Kidd said before, and he was experiencing some discomfort, so they just thought it best to, to be precaution, uh, to take precautions, which my official unmedically you know, licensed position is that Kyrie Irving is going to be dealing with foot issues the entire year, and so I think this was a wise choice. Uh, Get him rest where he can. Get him right. Yeah, get him rest where he can. He's been a real warrior this year um, playing through this. And I, I really sincerely mean that. Foot foot stuff sucks. I can't imagine like when quickness is your main ally, it, like being in, in uncomfortable all the time. Um, yeah, and especially for a guy like pre-pandemic, like before all that stuff, uh, like ha- struggled with injuries at times to stay on the floor. So that the fact that he has played through a foot injury, I think is is meaningful when you consider earlier in his career, just how many lower body injuries he had that, that kept him off the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Mavericks didn't need him tonight. Uh, they had a dark hero rise in the form of Tim Hardaway jr. <laughs> who just good gravy, Timmy. He was seven of 11 from three 31 points to lead the team in scoring. Uh, he even had three assists, which is pretty funny. Cause Tim is not, you know, <laughs> it's not like Tim is, um, uh, he's, not on, dimes. He, he's not here to pass. That's not his job. That's uh, okay. We did. We did get a little bit of a scare as Kyle Kuzma um, kind of crashed into the side of his knee. It looked like Tim walked off the floor under his own power, but knees are a tricky thing. The Mavs took him back to the locker room. I, I want to say the broadcast said that that he was just going to remain back there, but in all honesty, with how KG teams are about in, injury stuff, we're not going to know more until they decide to tell us more. Yeah, post-game, kid, and both Tim and kid have done their, their post-game oh, obligation. Tim did post-game. Yeah, he said he's. They both said that he's fine. So okay. Well, well Tim actually know. doing post game is is usually a sign of that because if right. somebody's actually hurt, then they they find a reason for an excuse and that sort of thing. That's that's some yeah. good news. Um, yeah. it's not like the Mavericks needed good news, but you never want a guy who plays like Tim did tonight. And it's just such a. I mean, fans are so funny. They so many of the comments that we get are just so harsh about like Tim and Dwight and. Fans that don't like Tim really don't like Tim, but tonight was just a reminder of how valuable he can be because like he just makes some he makes up his mind to shoot. He's gonna shoot. <laughs> yeah, and especially when you consider the context of the rest of the roster. Like mm-hmm. um maybe we'll get a you know, maybe we'll get around to the to the other other end of the spectrum of guys that need to shoot uh when they're open or need to shoot more. But like, I mean, look at the you know, Luca took eleven threes, Tim took eleven threes. Then Grant took seven, and then after that, you got you know Jones at five, and then you know Josh Green at four, and you know like if he's not shooting threes, like so, like if if sure. role's not filled on the roster, whether it's him or another high volume, like he's filling a role that like every good NBA team has. Like this is not not a unique thing. Like good NBA offenses have to have high volume three point shooters that can play off the stars. So you know he is he is filling that you know, almost perfectly uh, right now. And he, I mean, he has been for the last couple of years. The other stuff annoys you, you know, defensively and, you know, some of the knucklehead kind of offensive possessions that he has. But like, man, I mean, you take him away from this roster and it's like, what do they, what do they look like shooting the ball if he's not, if he's not around? And that's well, a reminder, I think. And, and, you know, you can speak to this better than I can speak to it because I'm not really good about noticing kind of play design and and optionality in real time but i think tim's threes were one of the things that led to lively 
having like free reign to dive down the court because the 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 it felt like the wizards kind of started over like basically overcompensating for how how like solid Tim was shooting the ball. And I don't you know lively just once again, you know, seven like 24 minutes, 17 points, nine boards, two blocks, one turnover, a pair of assists and a steal. He had four offensive rebounds and like the offensive rebounds are my favorite because he just does the thing that kid like the tall kid does in youth basketball, which is like put his arms up in the air and the ball just comes to him. He's not like they can't box him out because he's so big. I'm having <laughs> a real I'm having a great time. Great time watching watching Derek Lively. Uh, I don't want to necessarily say progress, but like he's just the things that he's good at. They've really found a way to get the most out of him right now. Yeah, for sure. And you're right about. You know, the Wizards in the third quarter at one point uh, were just, they did not want to leave shooters, especially Tim. And what, Lively had 13 points in the third quarter, and they were all just just dump-offs and lobs because the Wizards did not, like usually the the player that, that tags the roll man or, or, or crashes down to, to cover the help rotation is usually a guy from the corner. And they did not want to get rid of the – they did not want to ignore the corner in the third quarter, and, and you kind of saw what Lively was able to do. The Mavericks were – let's see, they were 5 of 13 from corner three, so they weren't 1 of 5 from the left corner, which wasn't great, but 4 of 8 from the, the right corner, which is which is great. So, uh, yeah, they did not want to leave corner shooters, and, and Lively uh, took, took advantage of that space for sure, and it was it was fun. I mean – it was a little pathetic from the Washington side how many lobs they, they looked how out. the Mavericks looked last night, where it was just they like, really Well, did. we're done here, and it's <laughs> you know the second quarter. Yeah, so so that was fun. But yeah, uh yeah, the, that was a lively had a great game, had a couple blocks. Wizards still scored in the paint pretty well overall, but again, we've been talking about it. It's not necessarily not necessarily a lively thing, although there's there's some things that I think he can improve on, which I think I'm gonna work on for something maybe later this week uh, before the week's over. But, uh, but again, you know, they're, they're doing what they need to do to win these games, which is, which is great. Uh, there were some other, you know, there's some other interesting points in the game that I, that I'd want to talk about before I do, because this will probably be a shorter show than last night's show. Uh, for those of you who are here, uh, those of you who are listening on the podcast, and for those of you who are live in the stream, if you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, coming over to the pod Maverick YouTube page, Heading over to this particular video, hitting that like button, uh, leaving a comment on this particular video, and really any of our videos. I tend to look at almost all of them. Um, I've, I we had some funny ones last night where someone wasn't particularly, um, someone did not like that we were amused by how insane the NBA was last night. I don't know. It's it's great though. I love reading all of the comments. Uh, and if you're interested in our show, go ahead and hit subscribe as well. Uh, thanks to Panda Hank and a few other people, we climbed past 2,000 subscribers a little bit earlier this week. Uh, I have a goal of 5,000 for the year, because why not? Uh, but bit by bit, uh, we are getting more followers, and we're having a good time doing this. And uh, I, I, you know, everybody that told Josh and I to make the switch to video earlier, I'm annoyed that I didn't listen. That's my fault, because this <laughs> is not, it's not as hard as I thought it was. But anyway, that's what I'm here for, um, to, to beg for uh, followers and likes, because... <laughs> I have no shame. Anyway, we really appreciate everybody's support. We really like doing these shows. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, all right. So there, there's a couple more guys that we could kind of go through or situations in the game. Not really sure how you want to approach this because I think you could get to the back half of the bench and talk about some guys. The Grant Williams of it all has been kind of interesting. He's quietly put up a series of stinkers and it really hasn't mattered. I did like his passing tonight. The ball yeah, I was going to say was tonight necessarily a total stinker. Career well, the shooting the shooting's been yeah. rough, but the ball has been flowing through him offensively. And I just, uh Oh, we lost your mic. Woo. Sorry. You're back. Okay. Yes. Uh, the ESPN autoplay for the, the page that I was on. So <laughs> <laughs> the ball really, really flows through Grant Williams sometimes, and he made some really nice plays. It was, uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, they are. I think we talked about this. I can't remember which game it was. It might have been the first the New Orleans game or the Clippers game. Mm-hmm. But it feels like they're like it's they're doing this on on purpose. Like they're getting Williams screening for Luca so that he can be the four on three outlet when teams decide to trap. Or, uh, you know, hedge that pick and roll or, you know, play a little more aggressively instead of playing drop. And he's been making the right read pretty consistently. He's had some shots that he probably wishes he could get back. Shout out to that finger roll (laughs) air ball. Just absolutely gorgeous. But hey, right idea. Like no one stepped when he caught the ball near the free throw line. He expected to make meet resistance. That's what he thought. Like that was where the ball was short. I think he was expecting contact anyway. Right. And then. You know, this is, I think this is a new thing for him. I mean, in Boston, he was primarily, he was not doing this in Boston. Like, like that's for sure. I mean, he had, I mean, seven is his career high for assists. He had six a couple of times uh, last season, uh, but he's career 1.2 assists per game guy. Like he is, he has been primarily just spot up shooter um, in his career so far. And I mean, you're not going to see it on the stat sheet. He's still averaging about one assist per game in Dallas, but I've just noticed over the last maybe like three or four games, it feels like they've, they've made an effort to make sure he's the one uh, screening for Luca when they know that teams are going to be a little bit aggressive defensively in the pick and roll instead of let lively screen. So I think he's getting more comfortable with that short roll operation. And yeah, again, he had maybe a couple shots. He, he wishes he could get back, but he made, he made the right read seven assists, one turnover. And even though he hasn't had the assist numbers in the last couple of games, because He's either do the hockey assist or or guys get fouled or or what have you. I mean, he isn't turning the ball over with this kind of with them trying this out. He had two against New Orleans, but I mean, everyone had two turnovers, I think, against New Orleans last night. But he had zero against New Orleans on Sunday. He only had one against the Clippers on Friday. So, you know, he's it's cool that they're kind of doing this and he's kind of I mean, he's not you know, no one's gonna confuse him for like Draymond Green. 
catching the ball at the free throw line and, and picking out shooters, but he's, he's looking pretty good. And that's a, that's a spot that's hurt them for the last few years in doubt, right? Like they would try it with Dorian or Reggie and it just wasn't always there because I think those you might guys, get one specific result. Yeah. Like whenever they'd screen with Reggie or with Seth Curry in years gone by, you're getting a specific thing out of that action. When Grant Williams gets the ball, there's a number of different things that could happen. And I think that makes all the difference. You know, it was so funny. I, I guess I didn't realize how few assists Grant Williams was averaging. Seven is by far the most. I think he had yeah. like the, the, the had next six closest was, was six. I it, looked it up right before the show. Yeah. No, no, not not here. Um, last season, he had but six. This twice. season, the most he's had oh, yeah. before that was three. So, yeah. like, <laughs> so he more than doubled, which was pretty interesting. And some of that's just right place, right time. But the the fact that I you know one of the things that I like drives me crazy about half the Dallas players over the years is they get it ingrained into their uh, basketball thinking. Josh Green is the one I pick on the most about this, where it's like an auto rotate, where the ball comes to you and you're immediately looking to pass and not even considering what your other options are. When Grant Williams gets the ball, I feel like anything is on the table, which makes Dallas a lot harder to defend. Yeah, for sure. I mean. That's the thing we've been preaching since what 2019 is that they don't necessarily need a ton of all stars. They just need guys that know how to make plays with the ball. And sometimes people got like, I don't know, misconstrued and were like, well, well, Josh, teams don't have five point guards. And it's like, no, I don't, they don't need five point guards, but like professional NBA players can make plays against a closeout or a double team. Like what was happening in Dallas was the outlier. Like not a lot of teams can field a roster that can be that incompetent away from the ball or with the ball in their hands. So uh, I think the new additions, like these guys, just the, the skill level is just a little bit higher. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean these guys are running pick and rolls or, or, or throwing behind the back passes, or you're running your offense through them. They just make the right reads because they're, they're, I don't know, they're good basketball players. Mm-hmm. Like we're kind of seeing that with Derek Jones jr. Where it's like, how many games has he already scored in double figures? And, and how many games did did per guys in his spot in the last two or three years get to double figures? He set career high repeatedly. <laughs> like the, his career high, he's he's passed the career high he ever had at Duke, and then he's passed it again already. I mean, it's really, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking up a specific stat and I don't know where to find it. I probably should have asked you this beforehand about what I'm I'm looking for next. But yeah, keep going. No, yeah, just, you know, these guys, like a guy like Jones, I know we've, we've talked around the side a lot. Doyle's written about him, and, and we've had some mm-hmm. other people write about him because his, his start to the season's been so good. But the thing that I like about him, and again, like he's not a playmaker. Like right. no one should confuse him for being a playmaker. But when he gets the ball, he knows what to do with it, and he knows what he can't do with it, which might be more important, really, <laughs> if you think about it. Like he's not right. – pump faking and, or, or, or passing up. Like if he's opening shoots, if he's not, then yeah, he moves the ball. If there's a lane, uh, he cuts. Um, if he gets a closeout that if he sees a slow defenders close on him, he drives like he drives hard. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't, you know, take a size up dribble all that. He doesn't pump fake when he's, when he's open. Like those are just little things that can add up over time over a course of a couple of possessions that can really bog things down when you've got a guy like Luca that has to run the show and it's like 
look, if teams are going to throw so many defenders at Luca, you cannot be hesitant. You have to be decisive with your actions. And I think Jones is very decisive. That doesn't mean he's going to be awesome every game. He's going to miss shots. There's going to be stretches where he looks invisible. He's probably not like the long-term starter at the wing, you know, going forward. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he is. I, who knows? But, maybe this is what he, but he just, he just does things uh, assertively in a way that they haven't had from guys his size the last couple of years. Well, and, and the, this is very simplistic of me, but the dunking the dunking is yeah. <laughs> is is kind of emblematic of that. And one of the things I was looking for was like team dunks over the last because the Mavericks are not a high flying team. You know, you get Dwight Powell alley oops, and and you there's the occasional thunderous dunk from somebody else. But the Mavericks are not a team that dunks. It kind of never have been the whole time I watched them. Um, and that's sort of what I was looking for because I'm I'm wondering what the record, you know, how many team dunks they had the last several years. The reason I was looking around a basketball reference because one of the things we were all really hypercritical of of Luca several years ago is he had like six or seven or eight dunks his rookie year, and then he never had that many again. <laughs> um, and so I know that it's out there, and somebody will probably tell me what it is, you know, what the team. But if if you know the pressure that that guy puts on the rim, and I think you're right about long term term starter stuff. But the pressure that he puts on the rim is so interesting because it it causes down it causes cascades of defensive challenges and what teams are going to do to answer it. And I'm just, I'm really interested in in that sort of thing because it, it just the Mavericks haven't had that option. And I don't know. It's it's fun to sort of consider because I feel like. You know, it's what it's eleven games now. We have talked about this before, but it's just Luka just doesn't throw passes like he's throwing to these guys. It's it's so refreshing. I mean, our our mutual friend slash frenemy Matt Moore has been kind of you know beating on the Mavericks a little bit lately because he's not really a, a super big fan of Luka talking about pace and such like that, and you know, kind of using some I don't want to say like cherry pick numbers, but numbers to make an argument. But whether or not Luca is running more or less compared to the last several years, I don't necessarily care because what my eyes are telling me and what the results are telling me is that Luca is pushing the ball to these guys, and then these guys are attacking the rim. I mean, the way Derek Jones goes at the rim almost every time where it, there's any amount of space is really amazing. I just we would have killed for that at certain points the last several years where it was like, well, Luke is going to find the open shooter. But if the Mavericks weren't hitting their shots, it ultimately didn't matter. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and yeah, the dunking thing is funny. We need to look up how many dunks. They yeah, have I mean, like, like, like uh, to me, that that feels like such a um, it's a way boiled down, overly simplistic way of looking at the point that we're both trying to make. But I feel like it's. Like dunks are exciting. They're a more athletic team. We've <laughs> talked about how how unathletic they've looked for for most of the Luca era. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it makes a difference. And like you know, dunk like when you dunk the ball. Like I don't know. There's less uh, chance. Like when a guy's driving the lane and he lays it up versus a dunk. Like I mean, guys. Like it's just I don't know how to. Yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. just. It's a more automatic basket, I guess. And the Mavericks had guys that could not finish that aggressively in the past, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, I'm looking it up right now because I thought it was funny. Where is it? Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. I think this is I don't think this is updated for, for tonight's game, so it's probably even better, but he's shooting seventy nine percent at the in the restricted area, uh, which is 
That's like that's center <laughs> shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not small forward stuff. That doesn't happen. Right. All right. Couple more guys we should hit on. A couple more things, and then then I then I think we can we can head on out of here. Close close up shop a bit early, and I'll kick it over to our other live show, which you guys should consider joining. So I'm gonna uh, flip my screen here because um, it's only let's see here. This shot is only nine seconds long, so this shouldn't demonetize us with YouTube. <laughs> but it's a it's a clip of um, it's a clip of Dante Exum where he was only two of six from the floor tonight. But if you're ever wondering why this guy at one point was a lottery pick, here is the play that that just was a reminder of how freaking skilled this guy is. Um, I was just amazed at this. All right, so we're gonna click over here. This is nope, wrong one. Can you can you see the uh, the? I, um, I see Derek. I see Derek Jones Jr. NBA. Share this page. tab instead. There, there we, go. we go. There we go. I'm I'm good at I'm good at running a live show. So let's watch this. So we got Dante okay. Exum at the top of the screen. This is in the middle towards the tail end of the second quarter. He's dribbling. He dribbles into one guy. Yeah. Ends into the. Uh, I want to say it's Gafford there. I could be wrong. Uh, and and uses essentially a teardrop floater from his offhand because i'm pretty sure he's right-handed yep he is. and it i mean oh my god like it's yeah. just a reminder of how freaking skilled some of these guys are um, Man, what was he a fifth overall pick and yeah draft? <laughs> i mean that's just the shot that very few other guys in the mavericks kyrie irving for one luka Doncic yep. for another but that might be the only two other guys yep. who, who could even try that sort of shot and yep. and you know he's going to get his spots but my goodness, what a talented player. I was just just really thinking about that. And then um shout out to Seth Curry for getting on track. Because yeah. <laughs> he is welcome to the he, season, Seth Curry. He's had a pretty bad like he's not been good. Um he's he's like one of his worst shooting seasons ever to date. Now the, the volume is so small, but yeah, he's he one of played. the yeah. Right, and he's one of the best three-point shooters in history by percentage and volume. So it's like you knew something was going to break at some point. It was just nice that it happened tonight. Yeah, and especially when you don't have Kyrie, uh, that he had an opportunity there. And I think, yeah, they needed they needed someone to make his shots, and he did. He bailed him out on a couple of possessions. He only made like he he had fifteen points. He had four two pointers and two three pointers. He had some nice nice shots inside the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, if he can get going a little bit, like that's just like, like he's given them, like he has basically been a non-factor this season. So, well, his minutes, play. his yeah. minutes very clearly came at the expense of Jaden Hardy, yes. and it was it was like he want his kid wanted to get a different look, and kudos to Hardy, he still got in and played. You know, he he still got in and played hard. Um, this is just it's a fascinating problem. One of the things I've heard Bill Simmons say repeatedly this year that he thinks certain teams, Los Angeles Lakers in particular, have too many guys who who need to play. I'm not sure that's the case with the Mavericks, and I don't think I, I certainly hope it isn't the case because I like kind of the tiered structure of the roster. But just being able to have Seth there is like a like a eleventh or twelfth guy is pretty amazing. Yeah, like that's a luxury that a lot of teams I think wish that they had. Like just the fact that he's basically hasn't been needed and they're winning. Like it's not like they're losing and he's not playing. Like they're mm. winning games and he hasn't played. And it's like, hey Seth, we really need you for 20 minutes. Okay, 15 points. I'll, I'll make all my shots. Like it's cool. Like no worries. <laughs> like that that's pretty cool. That's a neat party trick. Um 
And yeah, I'm with you on Exum. I think the thing that I think about every time, he's a, he's a, like, obviously he's not the biggest guy on the team, but like for his height, he's just a big dude. <laughs> like his wingspan, his girth, like his strength, like, I don't know. Like he's, I'm just really impressed with it. Like I can see why he was a fifth overall pick for sure. Like his size and ball handling and passing, um, combination like that had to make scouts just kind of drool drool over the possibility of him because he really is i mean he's not necessarily unique there are definitely other guys his size that can make plays with his athleticism but just like he's he's got a good physical package for sure so i can see why he he was drafted so high. i could see why he he had multiple shots yeah you know had another team try to give another shot in the Cavs, and i'm just glad it worked out for him overseas so he can get better and, and come back to the nba yeah, and the Mavericks, I want to – this is some real inside baseball because it's way too early to give a shit about this. But I think that when they signed him to his deal, they were able to get the deal structured to where they have his bird rights. I could be wrong about this. I need Scott, CBA Mavs, to maybe pump something out about this. But I'm pretty sure they have a second year available for him. Yeah, I'm with- pretty sure when the Fiebel contract yeah. got matched, they had extra money and they – gave him some of the MLE that was left over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think they, they either have his bird rights or they have him for another season, which, uh, which is nice, which is real nice, real <laughs> nice. Um, kind of, kind of feels like a steal. Um, do we have anything else or should we, should we get on to, to kind of the follow-up from last night's uh, Kirk being mad on the internet? Uh, before that, I mean, just, do you want to talk about the, the elephant in the room? The, which, which one? The, the the other Aussie besides Dante. X. Oh Josh, I don't know. I feel so yeah, bad. I don't know. I don't even know if we should talk about it because it was he was, he was like like suffice it to say he got the start and he was bad. Yeah. He continues to be not very good, and I feel bad for him because there's clearly some over processing going on. Um, one of my favorite players to watch right now is Anthony Edwards who appears to be one of the most natural athletes and natural basketball players that has come into the league in a long time. And what I mean by that is that his, between his athleticism and his feel for the game, it all, he makes it all look so easy. Everything Josh Green does is hard. He makes everything hard. And until he can figure out a way to calm the fuck down and just play a little basketball, he, he, it's going to be a struggle bus. Yeah. He looks like a man without a country, like just doesn't. Yeah. There's just, he doesn't seem to have know his role on this team mm-hmm. right now, which is really weird because it feels so again, this is armchair quarterbacking, you know, but, but yeah. from, from our vantage point, it feels really clear what his role should be like three and D defensive player and, and energy guy. And then in the games, it just kind of looks like, okay, do they want me to be a guy that can handle the ball a little bit? Do they need me to make can create some some offense with my passing? Oh, okay, do they need me to be a shutdown guy? Do they need me to be point, point of attack defender? Do I need to be a spot-up shooter? Do I need to do that? Like, right. You can almost feel like you're seeing those gears turning. The processing, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's what, what I said. mean. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I mean by the the fact that it doesn't come – He's like you could tell Anthony Edwards to go do a thing, and he's going to be like, all right, I'm good. 
You don't need to tell me anything else. You tell Josh Green something, and it reminds me of elements of what my son does, who's seven and is like extremely anxious, where he's just like, oh my God, all the time. And it's, I think he'll get through it. Because yeah. if the team is winning without him, without needing him to be good, that's a good thing. And and over yep. time, hopefully they'll find situations. You know, I'm very critical of Jason Kidd, but man, if he hasn't been good at finding situations for guys to thrive in. Yeah, for sure. The thing with me will be I don't really care about like really the zero points. I mean, that's 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 Cowboys the extreme. The jump passes. <laughs> yeah, the the zero points in 37 minutes is pretty extreme. But to be honest, the the points on the shooting doesn't. Like that part of it is not on my radar in terms me of like concerns. To me, it's I just want to see some defensive plays. I want to see consistent defense because the offense will come and go. Yep. You know, whatever. Like they and they don't need him to be a huge offensive. Like there's plenty of other guys that can pick him up on that end of the floor, but they need his defense. Like yep. they really need him to be an impact defensive player. And that's the part that I'm a little like, oh, like where where is that? So so we'll see. But again. You know what? How many games? Twelve games. We, there's plenty of time for him to to figure that part out. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll go here shortly. I wanted to put this at the end because it ultimately doesn't matter. <laughs> We've been doing this pod four and a half years, roughly, maybe five. We have close. We're like this close to a thousand episodes, and we're probably actually over, but we've lost some during the transition. I have a pension for getting mad. It's not new. Um, I was mad last night. I was also right. There are times when I will backpedal and be like, you know what? I went too far. I was right. Tim Cato of the athletic. I think he said on his, their new show that this might've been Luca's worst game of his career last night. That was where I was. I didn't really come out and say that, but I was feeling it is Luca played a very bad game. I woke up this morning to less criticism than I would have thought for that take. The Reddit community was really pissy with Luca, which was shocking because that's a place where you you get a fair amount of like, hey, the members are good. Everybody just needs to shut the fuck up. Like that's kind of the vibe from that I get from Mavs Reddit. Um, YouTube is kind of a mixed bag. Twitter is what it is, and Facebook is insane. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's like, like I, when I see these sorts of note, and so just but as the day wore on though, and I get the people that you know chime in on Twitter once a day, they don't live there like me, which granted is a healthy position. I started to see more and more of like, well, you just need to support your guy. If you really say you love him, you need to support him in all things. I'm like, no, no, that's not what love and support is. If you're in a healthy relationship, you tell people how you feel. Now, granted, Luca doesn't give a shit what I say, but it's okay <laughs> to say a bad thing is a bad thing. Luca played bad last night. Luca had six turnovers in eight minutes. Do you know how many possessions they had during that period? In an eight-minute period, they probably had in the neighborhood of, I would guess, 14 possessions. Maybe. Maybe less. He turned it over on six of them. That's yeah. hard to do. What was that stat I shared that game? It, it, it is only hap- that many turnovers in that amount of time as only ha- from one player. has only happened 40 times since 1996-97, so... So times 82 like, games know. times 30 teams times 30 years. Yeah. yeah okay. So, Not so many yeah. shit happens. And it's usually big men to be quite honest with you. It, it, Cause yeah. that, that's the sort of stuff that happens anyway. Anyway, I just want everybody to know 
that he's I fine. like Luca's fine. We don't think he's not, you know, he's still an MVP. We couched candidate. that perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Like I couched it all, but people still get unhappy with it because they don't want to hear criticism of their guy. Yeah. We didn't even see some of the comments where first he sort of blamed, you know, he talked about how the court was slippery. God, court didn't look fucking slippery for the for the New Orleans Pelicans and their and their bajillion points. You know? <laughs> And 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 kid made comments about it, and then Mark Cuban even kind of in, in indicated that he hopes the Mavericks don't have to do it because they're worried about the slip. And it's like, shout out to the Mavericks for Im- impressive party level messaging, but it's okay. Luca did play like ass. It was a it, it, it and the, the secondary thing is where it's a, you had a lot of people being like, well, it's just one. It's not a big deal. It's one. Guys, use your brains as to why you think he didn't play well. Just, just think about it for a minute. <laughs> Why might have he not played well? All right. We had a great time yeah. hanging out here. We're going to do a live show here in a few minutes. Come back and yell at me. Tell me my takes suck. Um, come yeah, back. That's and the thing what- is, you know, if you're tell- talking to Kirk on Twitter, he invites you to these live yeah. shows. Come up. Don't tweet at him. Talk to him. Right, this is he, much he more will, fun. He will invite you. Basketball. Yeah. Uh, you defuse like- the situation. Well, it's also different. It's like, cause I used to go to a lot of open court runs and it's like, whenever you kind of play with quasi strangers, people you only play basketball with, those are some of the most fun basketball conversations I have. Cause it's people that play and kind of know basketball, then wanting to talk about that. And so that's where it's just, I don't know. I, I love actual conversation. I don't have anybody in my real life. There's the occasional person that I run into or that, that is really into basketball, but it's, it's why I do this. Um, Trying to think. We have uh, an interesting piece coming out in the morning from Gracie that I liked. Um, we should have a couple more things coming up to Mavs Moneyball. We will be back Friday because I think the Mavericks play again because the NBA season is a relentless march. Do you have anything uh, you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. Uh, what's Next is the Bucks, right? That's going to be a fascinating one because I think the Bucks are this close to a, a certain level of implosion um they're one of the worst defenses in the league despite over the past several years being a good one they are a terrible transition defense however they do have these two very good basketball players you are familiar with uh actually they have like five very good basketball players you're familiar with so it's the Mavericks are going to need to bring their a game they are seven and four I mean this is I think this is going to be the first time they've played a team that has a current winning record since the Denver game, maybe. I mean, a lot of team, a lot of teams they've been playing at take. the time they've played them have been either five hundred or below. So That's another measuring take. stick, another measuring stick. Uh, measuring I'm jealous. Stick. I'm jealous of how good that take is. That's really something. <laughs> All right, that'll be at eight o'clock. No, seven o'clock. It'll be on NBA TV and then uh, Bally Sports for everybody local. So look forward to Josh and I talking to you guys about that game. Probably at a more normal time. Um, back out and go to your YouTube page and come wait for me in the live show. I will be joining that here shortly. Thanks so much for hanging out. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow of Pod Maverick and Mavs Moneyball. Everyone have a great night. Go Mavs.